There's an overwhelming amount of financial advice in the news and on social media. Who do you listen to? Are they looking out for what's best for you? How do you tune out the noise? In this podcast, trusted advisors Emily Augusto, CPA, and Amanda Vaught, JD, bring their extensive education and experience to delve into all aspects of personal finance. Emily and Amanda make topics like investing, taxes, and financial planning interesting and accessible. And they provide a framework to help you think through the plethora of financial advice and news out there. Are you ready to start making the best personal financial decisions for you? Welcome to Connecting the Dollars with Propel Financial Advisors. Hello, Amanda. Hey, Emily. How are you? Doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm getting uh, getting into 2023 here. It's always yes. a little bit. It's like such a transition, right? For something that's just like one day, it's the next year, but it's really mentally more than that, right? Totally. Um, we're recording this in early January, so not sure when exactly it'll be posted, but um, do you have any New Year's resolutions for this year? Yes, I have a few. One of them I have been doing good so far is to start a new strength training routine. Awesome. Oh, so I've been getting in my push-ups and my squats. That feels good. Um, how about you? Um, yeah, I've got a couple of random things on my list. Like I want to get better at swimming. Um, I'm going to practice drums a little more. So I have to like really refine those and set some, uh, some smart goals, if you will, to get that stuff done. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's always like, do am I going to feel this way again in February? You know, <laughs> so maybe I don't know when this will get posted, but if you're watching this in February, maybe some of this little conversation will stir those, those new year's feelings in you yes. to get you back on track or take a minute and do an assessment and see how far you, you know, you got on your new year's goals. Um, yeah. I could be accountable to you, Emily. I can check it with you in February and see how you're doing. <laughs> Thank your you. Job. I appreciate I'm, that. Yeah. I'm sure in February you'll ask me and I'll be like, yeah, I've done zero push-ups for the past. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you visit me, we'll do our push-ups together. But yeah, but, but yeah, but let's, I'm going to stay optimistic. I'm not going to say that. I'm going to. Yeah. Um, and you can always restart. Yes. You can you always know? restart. Yes. Yes. So. Okay. I like that. Um, yeah. But I think, you know, always restart that goes into a lot of, we didn't talk about any financial New Year's goals, but uh, we'll be talking about a few of them today. But that's always a good thing to keep in mind. Like just because you don't do it doesn't mean you can't do it later or right. like let feeling bad about not doing something prevent you from actually getting it done. Yes, that's super important. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and I came across this article. It's actually written by AARP, and it's called Six Money Habits to Break in 2023. And usually these kind of articles seem like a little clickbaity, and it's like, okay, I'm not even going to take a look at them. But I kind of agreed with most of them. So I thought we could just go through them really quick and maybe add our commentary. Yeah, and we'll put a we'll put a link in the show notes to the article if you want to read through it yourself. Yeah. But um, why don't you go ahead with with number one, Emily? Okay, so this first one says um, this is a habit you should break: is constantly checking your portfolio's value. 
And after the uh, after the 2022 market decline, I think that's something that a lot of people might have they might have started that habit by checking their portfolio all the time. Um, and we generally agree, like even in a good market, you don't you don't need to be checking your portfolio value all the time, especially if you're someone who's investing for the long term. Um, because if you're checking it all the time, it could lead to emotional decisions. Like if you see your account go down a certain amount, you may be inclined to want to pull that money out. But um, there's always a downside to that, especially because you can miss out on some upside when the market does come back. Um, what do you think? Amanda. I think too, I think that's a, that happens in the short term. It makes people scared. And then there's so many studies that show this can impact you for the rest of your life. Really. If you get spooked by one downturn in the market and that causes you to put in some sell that locks in the losses, and then it's an emotional thing and people get overwhelmed and they're like, I can't do this anymore. That leads to you know, worse outcomes over the long term. Um, and so, you know, there's so many, you know, yes, you do need to log into your 401k every once in a while and make sure everything's okay. But mm -hmm. this, you know, professional studies show the fewer times you check your 401k balance, the better performance you people have over the long term. And that's nice. what most most people, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the lawyer in me always wants to hedge. I can't say everyone, but I'll say most people want um, want to achieve, right? Better returns. Definitely. And this article references that over the last 42 years, that um, the last 35 years ended in a positive return. So that's just some historical statistic. Um, and that's the S&P 500. But yeah. we, we are also thinking about this from like a behavioral standpoint. Because if, I mean, it's like anything, if you're doing it too much, it could become detrimental, right? So maybe if you're checking your portfolio every day and it's stressing you out, maybe try to wean checking your portfolio every day to once a week, and then maybe once every other week, and maybe once a month. Um, it's just and like find a, things. Yeah, and find a productive substitute for that habit. So if you get the itch, oh, I want to log on and just check it, think, okay, this is important, but also what else is important to me? Is it my relationship with my spouse? Is it a friend? Like maybe spend that time in on focusing on something that's important to you. Maybe it's a new hobby that you've wanted to start in the new year. Um, something else. Try to find a way to direct, redirect that, that energy. Yeah, I like that. Um, and that's very actionable instead of just like, saying, well, statistics say this, you know, it's something that you could actually put into practice in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the second habit they're saying to break is downplaying the risk of cybercrime. And um, we've talked about this a little bit in terms of making sure you have good passwords and things of that nature, maybe using a password security program like LastPass. Um, but if you've never had been the victim of identity theft, and I hope you haven't been, but if you have, like I have, um, it's such a pain and like it's really worth it to just be really wary of where your account information is, who has access to it, and you know, could you could you um, stand to do like an audit of your passwords and just do a little bit of a check? Yeah. 
Um, and I do think that there are a lot of people who are victims of these types of cyber crimes. And then there's a lot of, there can be a lot of shame that comes along with it. Like I should have done that. I'm embarrassed, you know, and then that can, that those feelings can prevent you from taking action in the future. Um, and so it's, this is a kind of thing that happens a lot. We see it with clients, um, and it's just, it's okay to ask for help. It's a thing that happens and, and, you know, don't feel bad about it. Just go ahead and do what you can to take preventative measures. But if you have been a victim, um, do what you can to try to fix it. And if you can't, if you do get overwhelmed, ask, ask for help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Moving on to this third habit to break. It says making minimum payments on your credit card. So what do you think about this one, Amanda? Oh, I don't. This one is such a hard one because there's so many behavioral issues and everybody is so different out there that it's just like trying to generalize this. I find a little bit problematic, but, um, you know, some people make the minimum payment on their credit card because they have to, like they don't make enough money or they lost a job or some other circumstance in their life has put them in this situation and you know, that's not a habit. That's just a, a something right. that happens. And I don't want to shame people who are in that position and that's all they can do. Um, if they are in that position, you know, you want to deal with an underlying issue, you know, what caused you to get there? How can you make a change? Um, that's what I would be looking at it from that kind of point of view. Yeah. And Um, if you are someone, maybe like you don't even realize like that you only are making the minimum payment and you could pay more, then that would be, I guess, it's not exactly a habit um, that you're trying to break, but it's more of like an overview of just being a little more aware of um, your money going out each month. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's gets into a little bit, one of the how to break the habit section in this article, they say one strategy is to transfer your balance to a zero interest card. And yeah, like that strategy can work for somebody who's really diligent with their money, but typically someone who's really diligent with their money doesn't have a large credit card balance anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, But people who do have a credit card balance, if they have more credit cards, that can just lead to more troublesome behaviors don't you wouldn't you say emily yeah that could definitely backfire if you're like oh all of a sudden i have zero uh percent interest then i might as well use it to buy this other thing or to like you know do this other thing that i shouldn't be focusing on so yeah absolutely yeah the focus yeah exactly i wouldn't focus on opening new credit cards i would focus on getting that debt paid off adjusting your budget getting us second job, getting, a, trying to get a raise, trying to get a better job um, to help you pay that debt down. Um, if you are really in bad debt, you know, talk to a bankruptcy attorney and um, you might need to go that route, you know, depending on the situation you're in. So, yeah. So it's not like a, it really is, a, it depends on the underlying issue. Yeah. And I'll just say in the section of this article, they do give a few links to um, debt counseling services, um, which I think that um, that could be a good route if that's you. Yeah. Um, okay. This next habit is it's close to home for me. It says to break the habit of procrastinating on your taxes. Um, 
Nobody does that, right, Emily? No. (laughs) Everyone has their stuff in February 1st. It's great. No, we don't. (laughs) Nobody likes paying their taxes. Everybody wants to not deal with it, but. Yeah. Um, And the main reason this article is saying is that don't procrastinate on your taxes because you are, um, you know, in the event there's an error or something needs to get fixed, you still have time to deal with it before the filing deadline. And if you wait until the last minute, you're most likely or you're more likely to rush and potentially make a mistake or your tax preparer is rushed and overwhelmed and might, you know, not be able to give um, to give you the best accurate information based on what they have. So um, there's a lot to say here, and I'll try to stick to some practical things. But um, if you do work with a tax preparer and for whatever reason, you know, you just don't have your stuff until April 1st, if they say to do an extension, listen to them and trust them. (laughs) Because uh, speaking from experience by April 1st, we are super just brain dead. I mean, I, I don't I'm I don't want to say we're not, you know, doing accurate work. It's just like we've done so many returns already. And you're probably at the end of a really long line of people if you're just getting your stuff in at, on April 1st. So typically, if you work with someone um, and you think you're going to owe, they'll do their best to get you an estimate because paying. Uh, what did you say earlier? You said uh, extending your taxes does not mean paying your taxes late. Right. Yeah. You still have to pay your tax by April 15th, but you can still file the extension. Yeah. Um, Because filing an extension can be a lot better than having to file an amended return later. Definitely. I don't know if there is an exception to that, but yeah. Yeah. But also if you know you're going to be wanting, say you're someone who wants to buy a home this summer and that's your goal, Get your taxes in as soon as possible so they can be done accurately and you can have those finances that your mortgage broker is going to ask for. Or if there's anything else that, you know, you, you're starting a business or taking a loan out for some other reason, um, taxes are a huge part of that. So um, don't expect uh, a tax preparer to be able to turn your tax return around in, you know, a day or two. That's all I wanted to say there. Yeah, um, no. And I, I think, you know, I think it's important to recognize that if you are working with a professional tax preparer, realize they also, they probably have a hundred other clients, 200 other clients, whatever the number is. Mm-hmm. Um, an emergency for you is not going to be an emergency for them because they only have so many hours in the day. And with so many clients, um, it's just not practical. Um, so please just keep that in mind. Um, your tax preparer is your friend. They want I mean, they're not your friend, but they want you <laughs> want to have a side. good. They're on your side. That's what I mean. They want to help you. They want you to, you know, do your taxes properly. And you know, it. I think it's, you know, it's a relationship. It's not just a. You work for me. You're supposed to do what I say. It's no. We work together. You know, um, yeah, yeah. to do to get this done. So. Yes, that's really nice to add. Yeah. Okay. This next one is kind of another behavior dependent type of thing, but they're saying this habit to break is putting expenses on autopilot. What do you think about that one, Amanda? Yeah, I think this is a bit of a mixed thing. I mean, it really depends on the person. Um, You know, they're talking here about subscriptions that you might want to cancel monthly expenses that just sort of 
um, get billed to your account and how if you have those things on autopilot, you sort of forget about them and then it's good every once in a while to go in and check on them. So, you know, that's that advice makes sense, I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, Because I think some things would help you stay on track putting putting certain expenses on autopilot are is probably a good strategy for some people for paying certain bills but yeah, yeah. it's just like mm-hmm. don't let it get too excessive or i don't know i found yeah, you out you don't want to be paying late fees right because yeah. you're just paying a bill um that's not good either yeah we found out that so i had like one music program and my husband had another mm-hmm. one and it turned out that he could just add me to his and it was free so you know just things like that like just do a quick little check-in every now and then mm-hmm. yeah but i do think you know this a lot of these things are focusing on the spending side like running up your credit card bill paying your bills and yes we have to deal with those but i do think we need to get into um the saving side you know one habit you need to add is probably to look at how much you're saving every month, not just how much you're spending. Definitely. Which I guess segues into the next one. (laughs) (laughs) This last habit to break is postponing, postponing joy. So yeah, if you've been saving diligently and you're very focused on savings goals, um, enjoy yourself and use that money on something that or an experience or something you've been wanting for a long time um, and enjoy yourself. Yeah. And yeah, because there's short-term financial goals and financial plans and there's long-terms. And so, yes, you need to have your financial plan retirement for, for retirement and order, make sure your savings is up on that. But that doesn't mean you can't have fun in the meantime or save up for short-term goals. Right. Definitely. And there's a lot of people who have no problem spending. Sometimes I am that person. Um, But, you know, like we work hard. If you're listening to this, you probably are trying to be better with your money or, you know, trying to just find some tips to help you be better with your money. Um, But yeah, also don't forget about that side of things that you get to reap the rewards um, by being diligent. Yeah. It's like everything, right? It's finding a balance. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So well, that's a pretty good list, I think. I think so too. I was just trying to think if I could add anything else to that, but I do think it's just really dependent on on the person. Um, you definitely. know, do you have a problem with saving or do you have a problem with spending? Different people are different and it's you know, um I think uh, I was recently talking to a perspective person who was saying that they were hesitant about working with a financial advisor, financial planner, because they're worried about being judged for wanting to buy these expensive shoes. And you're just like, well, no, that's not what financial planners do. Yeah. We're not here to judge you. you, We help you figure out how you can afford to buy these expensive shoes because, you know, if that's something you love, that's, you know, what you should be spending your money on. Um, And, you know, different people might have a different budget, you know, or about how many number of shoes they can buy a year or mm-hmm. per month or whatever, you know, the number is. But, you know. Um, yeah, we don't. I mean, it's easy to judge people like around you. Um, I mean, 
if yeah. you're watching this podcast on YouTube, I was just holding my foster cat and like <laughs> the amount of money I spend on the cats is probably ridiculous to someone, but you know, then I would never spend X amount of money on something they might think is normal. So it really just, it's personal. Like we always say, personal finance is personal. And um, especially with uh, be being financial advisors with our clients where we may like, if you ask us, is it a good investment to buy a boat or, you know, something, some large ticket item, and it's not really jiving with what, um, with your savings goals, then, you know, we'll give you our advice, but we're never going to tell you not to spend money on something. It's your money at the end of the day. And, you know, we're here to just guide you. Yeah. Or yes, you can buy the boat, but if you want to retire at age 65, you might have to you know, retire at age 66 and said, you know, exactly. which could be fine for you. It could be yeah. a fine to do that trade-off, you know? Uh, but I think that gets into this, this thing they call postponing joy. You know, you don't have to postpone everything just to like, try to save up your money because at the end of the day, we're not living our life just to make money, right? right. Greed is not good in our worldview. It's, you know, how do you enjoy yourself? And, um, I do think I do want to recommend there's Ramit Sethi has a book. It's um what it's called. I will teach you to be rich. I think it's called, but he does a podcast where he walks people through um, some of these spending decisions and savings decisions and gets into some of these behavioral issues we've been discussing. Um, I think it can be really illustrative. Um I don't know how, uh, how they walk through it. And so I would recommend that podcast. If you are, feel like you're having trouble with this postponing joy kind of feeling. Yeah, definitely. And maybe next time I won't have a crazy cat when we are recording in my office, but she yeah. currently has to be, no, I think <laughs> she currently has to be in here. Somebody said that, you know, the zoom thing is over where the cat shows up or the kids run in or whatever. And I just, I don't think it's over. I, <laughs> I think it's, I think it's uh, enhances the, yeah. the video, Emily. So. I mean, I enjoy her being in here, but yes, yes. Anyway, <laughs> but no matter what time you listen to this uh, podcast, whether it is around New Year's or it's, you know, over the summer, mm -hmm. let's reiterate again that you can start whenever you're motivated or maybe you need to reach out to a friend and say hey can you help me get motivated to to meet this goal mm -hmm. um, accountability really works for some people so and i do think any of our listeners want to reach out and let us know if they're working on any of these we'd love to hear if any of these tips are working for you um and if you're watching this on youtube feel free to leave a comment let us mm -hmm. know what you think um and what you're working on for 2023 yeah so you can find all our information at connectingthedollars.com our youtube channel is uh propel financial advisors you can just search for that all one word and we'll have links to everything we talked about in the show notes today and you can see my oh boy she just <laughs> epic failed there and don't forget to smash that subscribe button oh is that what we're supposed that's, to say yeah that's okay. what my seven-year-old says excellent yeah repeats from other youtubers so can we like hashtag cat fails for that uh yes for this video okay mm -hmm. all right everyone i think that or concludes today's podcast and we'll talk to you next time okay bye bye that will do it for this episode of connecting the dollars 
Nothing discussed in this episode should be considered legal, financial, or tax advice. If you like what you heard, please subscribe for more at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your content. When you do, please give us a rating and a review. To see the links we mentioned in our show, along with other great Propel Financial Advisors content, go to connectingthedollars.com. You can find our past episodes there and subscribe to our newsletter. And if you're still here because you have a general question, you can email us directly at info at connectingthedollars.com. Or if you're interested in working with us, click the Schedule a Consultation button on our website. Thank you for listening.